0: And now, The Low Post.
1: Welcome to... The Low Post Podcast on a beautiful, sunny Friday morning where the NBA draft was largely uneventful trade-wise. A little bit of surprise at the top. The NBA draft is over. We are on to free agency. There are a million questions swirling around the league. What did the Knicks just do? What did Detroit just do? What does that mean for DeAndre Ayton? What the hell is going on in Brooklyn? Oh my God, there's so much happening. To help us suss it out and look forward in a cool calm calm me down kind of way the always analytical low on sleep from a hotel in an undisclosed location bobby marks how are you doing
2: i'm doing good low on sleep but um but this is part of it right i mean this is the beauty we go from the draft to right
1: into free agency you know thank god the warriors won game six because that would have been one (laughs) hell of a quick pivot (laughs) going back cross country on monday (laughs) sorry celtics um so the draft is over. We're to free agency, and we just have to start in Brooklyn. Even though um, they were they were not super involved in the proceedings directly last night. Um, let's let's uh, we talked about this. I talked about this a few days ago. Um, the Kyrie Irving impasse. If you're surprised by this, you just haven't been paying attention for the whole season. I've been saying on this podcast and writing. Why is nobody talking about the fact that we have no idea what team Kyrie Irving is going to be on? So here's the situation. He wants a long-term deal from Brooklyn. Brooklyn's like, dude, you never play. Why would we give you a long-term deal, a five-year max, a four plus one, something long and fully guaranteed? Why would we guarantee you anything? You don't play. You played 29 games last year. And so Kyrie Irving, Bobby, you're going to help us take, take us through this has a $36 million player option for next season. That would be the last year of his contract. He has until some time, I don't know, on June 29th, which is five days from now, to either accept or decline that option. If that—a lot of his leverage right now, to the degree he has it, is built on the uncertainty of what he's going to do with that player option, the threat that he would actually decline it and enter free agency, and in theory— open up the landscape of teams that could acquire him via the mid-level exception even if he dares to take a $30 million pay cut to go to a team like the Lakers or open up the landscape to a team like the New York Knicks who just made a a trade that took like two hours to figure out what the hell had happened and where all the picks went to open up some cap space that maybe is for Jalen Brunson but could also be used on, on other players. He's also leveraging the uncertainty of Kevin Durant if Kyrie Irving walks for nothing. What does that mean for Kevin Durant, a guy who was the MVP favorite two months into the season, a month into the season? And we're going to talk about fake Kevin Durant trades because I do think, I do think if the Nets lose Kyrie Irving for nothing or even if the Nets trade Kyrie Irving for a return that Kevin Durant considers underwhelming, on the one hand, Bobby, Kevin Durant is very secure in his own greatness. Could say, yeah, give me Ben Simmons, Joe Harris, Seth Curry, some other role players you get back for Kyrie. I can win with that. I can win with that. I just don't see that as the most likely reaction to a scenario either like that or if they lose Kyrie for nothing. I think that could quickly pivot into a DEFCON 1 situation for the Nets at a DEFCON 1 situation for the entire league, which will throw everything they have to get Kevin Durant, with four guaranteed years left. There's not even an option at the end, Bobby. It's four guaranteed years left. That's the leverage that Kyrie Irving has. On the flip side, if he opts in to $36 million, he's on the Nets. He would seem to relinquish some control of the situation by doing that, unless he opts in Only on the condition that the Nets have a prearranged trade for him, which I think is one of many scenarios in play. And lastly, Bobby, there's this idea that if he opts out and becomes a free agent, well, the Nets could just sign and trade him to this anywhere in the league, including this preposterous list of teams that he apparently has that Woj reported yesterday well, the problem is, if you acquire a player in a sign-and-trade, you're hard-capped at four, $4 million, $6 million, some amount of dollars. $6, above.
2: six million over the over the luxury tax.
1: Well, yeah. he, here are the teams that would be impacted by that. The Dallas Mavericks, on the list. The Los Angeles Clippers, on the list. The Los Angeles Lakers, on the list. The Brooklyn Nets, who could sign-and-trade him for another team's free agent to be signed-and-traded back to him, back to them. They're hard-capped. So this idea that the sign-and-trade is this great weapon— is uh, even the heat could be very close to the hard cap, depending on what happens with PJ Tucker, Bobby. I just, I'm tired, Bobby. I'm tired. What the hell's going on here? What's what's the most? I just said a bunch of stuff about options and <laughs> sign in trades and opt ins and leverage. And by the way, Bobby, by the way, if I were Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving's my friend. Like, we're friends. We hang together. We came to Brooklyn together. Okay, so you didn't get the shot. You screwed me once. Screwed my title chances once. I just am not, I, Kevin Durant, am not the kind of uh, um, forceful locker room presence that's going to just say, will you get the shot so we can win? I had a GM just this morning tell me, if Kyrie Irving were on our team, With such and such veterans, they might have just, like, kidnapped him and given him the shot in the locker room. Why is Kevin Durant letting this happen? That's a different—I'm not going to judge Kevin Durant's leadership style. But there's something unseemly to me as a friend about my other—my friend over here being like, Hey, that guy that's better than me, you better pay me or else he's going to leave. Like, wait a second, I'm just sitting over here, man. Why are you, like, using me— your friend to get what you want financially after you didn't play last year Bobby what's interesting to you I just I'm just going to open the floor because I'm tired
2: well I mean I think what's interesting to me and we can work ourselves backwards well at first everybody needs a friend like Kevin Durant right I think we would all be wealthy in the world if we did and <laughs> we would have the ultimate leverage card uh, in Durant but I think let's work ourselves backwards as far as the um, opting out of that $36.5 million contract certainly loses a lot of leverage because, as you mentioned, the teams on that list, whether it be Dallas, um, uh, Miami, potentially the both L.A. teams, Dallas, we can remove them from the conversation because of the hard cap restriction. Are the and Globetrotters hard capped? <laughs> I think the – what is it? Is it the Generals? Was it the Washington
1: Generals? Is that yeah, the team are they
2: hard capped? I don't think they are. They have an unlimited budget. So I think the rule is okay. Go off. I'm just saying. <laughs> so we can eliminate those team from from the conversation here. So when you when you look at him, let's say let's play the, the game of he opts out of that uh, doesn't opt in opts out of the contract becomes a free agent. Okay. Now the market shrinks, right? Now it starts to shrink to basically you're going to either resign with Brooklyn probably on their terms or on on a compromise, let's say. It will be a team like New York that creates the cap space. They're at around twenty million dollars right now, so they're oh, getting they're getting there. Um, oh, baby! Or, <laughs> or it's going to be Kyrie Irving saying, "You know what? I've already given up eighteen million dollars last year for sitting home because I wasn't vaccinated. I'm just going to take the six point four million dollar tax mid level exception and go to the, the anywhere."
1: Anywhere. anywhere he yeah, wants. it just
2: opens up the field, right? I mean, it opens up the uh, it opens up to all 29 teams, whether it be the full mid level at 10-4, the tax, whatever. So that that's your option. You know, I guess we'll say that that's his one option as far as what he can do. You mentioned the opt-in, right? So the okay, opt-in. So now option. we're going.
1: To, I just I need I got my flow chart. You know the Winona Rider yeah. GIF for GIF where she's at the Emmys and they have the math equations flying above her because she's confused about what the – I don't remember what the situation is. Stranger Things, I think, was involved – I, I'm, okay, we're opting in now. We've gone from opt-out to opt-in. Take Be careful. But take it slow with me, Bob. Well, you know what's
2: going to happen, too, Zach? When I get to Bristol over the weekend and I get on one of those whiteboards, my favorites, right? I'm just going to do like a little pie sh- I'm going to do a big graph. And I, like I did with Kyle Lowry last year, we're going arrows with Kyle, with uh, Kyrie Irving. So, and that will probably simplify. All right, so the opt-in scenario. So basically, that is similar to what Chris Paul did way back when when he was in the, with the Clippers. Okay, the, the Rockets had no way to acquire him. Paul opts into his contract with the understanding that there is a trade in place, that he Boom. is going to Houston,
1: right? So And by it, the way, it, the opt-in, that's a real thing that the Nets, I think, are are concerned about. That the opt-in would only be as a condition right. that you trade me. And his leverage there would be I mean, you just mentioned a $30 million pay cut. His leverage there would be I'll opt in and just not play. Right. Like I like like how about that? If you don't trade me I'll opt in and I'll just sit at home. Well, yeah, I mean,
2: the per- i mean, the, 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 someone at home would say, "Well, wait a minute." The Nets have net the leverage; they've got him on a, a, a one-year contract, and you know, when maybe Irving becomes Irving becomes a free agent, and they can still extend them. But no, I think if you're Kyrie Irving, you're opting in with the intention that you are likely going to be
1: traded, right? Unre- right? Unre- un, un, un—well, related. Uh, the CBA negotiations are going to be just oh, it's going incredible. It's going to be incredible as as it- the governors try to. I, I don't. I was going to say, take back some control over the player trade demand process. I don't like the word control, but that's, that's what's going to happen. Anyway, please opt in, opt in scenario. So the opt in,
2: the opt in scenario would be basically, uh, you know, and this would, this would have to occur within, you know, we're on the, uh, you know, before Wednesday um, that I am going to opt in and then, you know, we are going to work out a trade to one of these you know, I don't. First of all, I mean, we can go through the list of teams. I don't see it being the Lakers. I don't, you know, the Clippers, the Knicks, um, the Heat. I mean, all these different teams. I mean, how much, how much capital are teams willing to go give up? I mean, especially if you know, we we mentioned, you know, if, what does Dallas have to offer if you're if they think they're going to lose Jalen Brunson, let's say to the Knicks, like, or and as you mentioned, Zach too, like, all right, let's say let, let's just play this game. Like he opts in, right? They make a trade for a bunch of role players. Yeah, maybe you get a draft pick, role players. And then Kevin Durant says, "Yeah, you know what? I don't this roster is not championship worthy. Now I want to be traded and now you are stuck with you know, rotational players." That is, and ben that's Simmons. The game. And Ben Simmons. Remember Ben oh, Simmons? That's right. I forgot about Ben Simmons. And Ben Simmons, well, man, I'm sure he's thrilled right? Like talk about going from one situation where he thought he was going, you know, I'm going to go play with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Now I'll leave Joel Embiid in the back, you know, behind. And now this is kind of imploding. So, I think that's those are you know certainly the different scenarios that we are going to be looking at. The the best part of this, and I said it yesterday, is that Irving's got this. So you're saying, like, well, wait a minute, he opts in. Well, then he would almost be leaving six million dollars on the table because he's got this, you know, his salary for next year would be like 42 million, right? Well, the best part of it is that Irving's got a trade bonus in his contract worth like 5.5 million, right? So if he is traded, unless he voids it. Brooklyn is responsible to pay him $5.5 5
1: Do you think if they paid him 5500000 million, I'm just imagining a scenario where they write out a personal check, like can an actual do, paper check.
2: In, in crypto? Crypto? No, and, it, and in like Kripco? the little, you know,
1: the little memo <laughs> thing at the bottom of the check? They just write, you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, but yeah, I mean, so those are. Um, those are your Kyrie Irving options. So here's the
1: deal. You're... So so let's go through. Let's do the trade part first. Yeah. The trade teams part. Yep. Well, let's zoom out for a second. Like, I think Kyrie Irving could make a, this very reasonable argument. Look, um, I, I made All-NBA two seasons ago. I voted. I, Zach Lowe, voted him All-NBA <laughs> two seasons ago the o- and and you have to play a requisite number of games to do that 55 60 i don't remember where he ended up and in a 72 game season the only reason he didn't play last year was the vaccine mandate which is gone so i i, I think there's a there if if everyone just sort of calms down yeah and and leaves the, the wreckage of this disaster season and the hardened thing that blew up and all that the sweep Leave it all behind. There's a path. Kyrie Irving is is still... How old is he? He's not 30 yet, I don't think. I don't think so. Um, There's a path where he just becomes a regular 65-game player every season. Like, he's not going to play 82. He gets injured here and there. But every player gets injured here and there. He's been injured more than most, maybe. But, like, the big thing is gone. So you can talk yourself into a longer term deal if you have faith that i mean like look we make a big deal out of these hiatuses that he's taken it's seven games here and there it's a couple of he didn't go to the bubble like i don't really he he was injured before the but i don't like let's leave that all behind so you know if the nets are really facing defcon one kds out like you could talk yourself into like biting the bullet and just saying the reality is different now I will however disagree with something JJ Redick said on TV yesterday that if he plays 60 games next year teams would be jumping all over themselves to give him the 5-year max. I actually don't think that's the case. I think it's going to take more than 1 year of being a normally available NBA player for the rest of the league to be like, "Okay." The other thing on the trade front is the Nets the Nets have made real offers to Kyrie Irving. Now I don't know exactly the Permutations, I think there are probably several. This is not a case where there's just a one-year deal and that's it. He's been offered real stuff. I don't exactly know what they are. But if he's seeking a trade, presumably he would be hoping one of these other teams on his list would give him more years than whatever years the Nets are giving him. And th- even forget the hard cap issues that we've talked about. I don't know that those teams are giving him more years. I, I don't know that he's going to find more years in Miami or Dallas. I don't even think the Clippers are all that interested, to be honest with you, unless they have a change of heart. I don't know where those years are coming from. So that's a source of leverage for the Nets, right? Fine. Where are you getting this theoretical five-year deal, right?
2: Well, I, I mean, in a perfect world, Kyrie Irving, he's a $42 million player, right? He is. Like The, the, the body of work, Justify, he's an all-NBA, all-star type talent but he's a $42 million player on a year to year basis, right? Like in a perfect world, he's a year to year max, but we don't work. We don't live in that world, right? That's the reality of it. Guys do not sign two year, um, you know, two year max contracts here. So the, the, as far as the nets and it's, it's funny, like, you know, I went on, um, Get up earlier this week, and I and I said like, you know, this is which people actually this is where actually believed I they actually thought I had the contract in hand. Zach, can you believe that? I said I've got the contract, and I said like. This is what I would have offered, right? Four, I, would do, I would do the four years, $192 million. I would guarantee the first two years. I would make years three and four condition based on maybe playing 65 games and certainly triggers, hits benchmarks, and stuff like that. I thought that would be the perfect compromise as far as how you can kind of pr- protect yourself um, long-term because I don't see a team out there, even if Kyrie plays 70 games and is first team All-NBA this season, a team all of a sudden going out next year and offering him with, you know, whatever it's four years, $200 million um, in a new deal. And I don't even think the Brooklyn, if Irving plays out this year at a high level, because Durant only has three years left would, I would think everything would basically be tied into the Durant contract.
1: Makes sense. Um, Look, that's been the most logical outcome from the beginning from, and I say from the beginning, from, since September, since since it was clear that the vaccination thing was going to disrupt their season, the most logical outcome has been some kind of medium term deal with either either medium term, just it's just two years and that's it, a two plus one, a like the longer term deal that you're outlining with the games played, the minutes played triggers. Is the lot is logic going to rule the day here? I I don't I don't know anymore. I really don't know what's going to happen. Can we go through some of the more sensible of the I, I don't want to say sensible. Some of like the potential Kyrie list trades. Yeah, let's go. Miami. I don't see it. I don't see it because they 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 have some stuff to trade. They can trade three firsts and Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. I think that package is in reserve for somebody. Um, currently higher on the totem pole than Kyrie Irving. And then you throw in the hard cap issues as well, potentially there. So I, I, I don't – Miami will try anything. Uh, Kyrie yeah. and hashtag heat culture would be something. But um, I, that one I don't see. Any thoughts on Miami?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, even like – like, even, I mean, unlikely Kyle Lowry um, because I don't think Brooklyn would want the second year of his contract right? That doesn't make sense for the Nets at 29.7 in 2023. So I think, you know, with the Heat, it's just, it's hard. A, you know, are they willing to give up a, a you know, Hero Robinson? And then just, as we always say, you know, making the math work, which they all, of course they can, but I don't see that. I don't see that. And they've that got all
1: bird, or bird rights to play with too. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Dallas, I've always liked the, the- theoretical fit, of Kyrie and Dallas, the secondary ball handler, the guy who can jump shoot around Luca pick and rolls and take some of the offense from him, a pick and roll partner for Luca, blah blah blah. Always like the theoretical fit. I've seen like could they sign and trade Brunson for Kyrie and throw in Finney Smith or something like that? That is actually a, a, a those pieces fit in Brooklyn. But go ahead, you're raising your hand.
2: I and I don't want to lose your the viewers here because but there's a base year compensation issue which bridge with with uh Jalen Brunson which is a complicated I actually might do a lesson on over the weekend. where basically if it, let's say hypothetically Can I not Brunson, attend
1: that lesson? Can I opt out I, of that? I'm lesson? actually
2: going to do a visual so you can just watch. Okay. <laughs> but basically in a, in the short term if Brunson signed a $30 million contract, yes, it would match with Irving, but in in theory it would only be worth half of that amount. So basically $15 million in salary would be going out.
1: Plus you got hard cap issues on both sides in a sign and trade. You got hard cap issues on both sides. And honestly, like if I'm Dallas, I just made the conference finals. Feel good about my team. Just made a trade for Christian Wood. Don't have a lot of draft equity to throw your way. Anyway, I can out, I can try to outbid the Knicks for Brunson. And I think they will have to outbid the Knicks for Brunson. I think, I think, and I've said this from the beginning of the Brunson situation, I think if Dallas is going to retain Brunson, it's not going to be because they offered the same thing as the Knicks. I think they're going to have to outbid everybody else because of some angst over the lack of an extension offer in a timely fashion um, and all that. So I don't see it. Clippers, you can build a deal around Morris, Kennard, et cetera. I don't see it. I don't see them doing that. There's also hard cap issues there if it's a sign-and-trade. Lakers— have the the potential three-team deal where they dump Russ to Oklahoma City, blah, blah. I don't even know if that's feasible anymore because Oklahoma City picked three guys in the top 12 last night. I just, I'm, I'm out, I'm out, and then I'm done. I'm out.
2: Well, yeah, and OKC, too, that, I mean, that cap space just goes away starting July 1, so that's something that, I mean, they're at 20 million right now, so that's that will evaporate because of the Gildress-Alexander trade, and yeah, I mean, we just, you just do a process of elimination. Like, the, you know, the Clippers have all role players with Powell and Covington and Kennard and, you know, that group, uh, Dallas, um, you know, Dinwiddie. I just don't Dinwiddie. see
1: why the Clippers yeah, would do that. I,
2: I don't either. I, I just, I don't, I mean, I'm, yeah, Kyrie Irving sounds great, but then you just start breaking up, you know, if you don't, if it's not Paul or Kawhi, then you start breaking up your roster, right? Then you become top heavy, um, you know, with uh, with not much insurance on the back end.
1: The Clippers have been linked to all of these, let's say, flawed, high-priced point guards. Russ, the Russ Clippers noise was fake. It was always bogus. They had no interest in Russ. John Wall, we'll see if he gets bought out. Now Kyrie. And I've said all along, man, the Clippers have been have been very careful trying to remain as nimble as possible around their two superstars. And I don't see them upending that nimbleness, if that's a word for any of these players. Now, again, it, Kyrie is at least healthy and um, can shoot un, unlike the other two guys and is relatively young. Maybe there's a change of heart there if they feel absolutely desperate to get a traditional point guard and all this. I, I, I just they're not, I just don't think they're even close to there. Yeah, the most fun scenario, Bobby, the most fun one is the Knicks opening up cap space for Kyrie Irving to just walk into and then trading R.J. Barrett, <laughs> trading everything else for Durant, and just <laughs> just doing just getting the two guys who everybody thought were gonna go there anyway in in that fashion. Because I actually think, like, that's not a crazy implausible scenario. Now maybe I mean, like, I don't. Ky- Kyrie would have to walk there, right? Like he and and they're yeah. opening up space. How much space do the Knicks have as of right now?
2: About twenty million.
1: And not that hard for them to get to
2: now you got burks noel guys like dad who have a basically on an expiring contract you can certainly you've got all hey you got all these picks from last night that you can now attach to these uh, contracts if you wish
1: tibbs has coached kyrie before in team usa by all accounts likes them so he, let's just say he walks in they say okay well kevin Durant, maybe he's mad can we get in can we get in the bidding and by the way Right, we're not going to get to Dur- let's let's not get to Durant yet. Could, well, I would, want to I, say would I
2: but I would say, I would say this: if 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 that was ever in play, then then the, the the Brooklyn Nets should just move back to New Jersey and call themselves the Swamp Dragons.
1: They should have done Swamp Dragons already, <laughs> and they have to do a Swamp Dragons night. And I can't believe they've been so snooty about the Swamp Dragons thing that they refuse to go in all in and embrace it as an alternative identity. That's neither here nor there. If it is like. If that actually happened, I just don't even know what you do with the Nets. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because of the eBay motors. You're burning rubber, not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to make your car, the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items. Only exclusions apply. Let's, can we just do Durant for fun? Sure. Let's go. Because I can tell you this, this is what teams are doing. Teams are already operating under, not the assumption, but we need to prepare for the contingency that Kevin Durant is available via trade in six days or seven days. Do you have any, I have a whole list of fake Kevin Durant trades. The whole league is now, I mean, this is Kevin Durant, Bobby. Kevin Durant for four years, one of the greatest players of all time. Still at the very outer edges of his prime, coming off a bad playoff series against the Celtics. I will grant you that. Every team in the league has to at least have a meeting about what should we offer for Kevin Durant. Do you have any favorite fake Kevin Durant trades? Because this yeah. is what I want to do now.
2: I mean, I think, you know, certainly for me, Phoenix stands out. Um, you know, uh, a uh, Mikhail Bridges, De, um, DeAndre Ayton sign and trade. You know, with Aiton, those two players, and then can maybe the Nets like, do that though?
1: I guess you I, can you, if they shed enough salary. Yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, not with. I mean, this is taking into account Kyrie is somewhere else, right? Like we're not even putting him in play because now Durant is being traded. So yeah, I mean, you can certainly make make the math work because you won't, even though Aiton's in a uh, sign trade, the hard cap basically doesn't impact you like before. So that would be so if you're looking for kind of like win now type players to keep you competitive and then maybe you get draft picks above uh included in here that would something you know that would be something as far as what like, would i like that treat me you know Aiton's a
1: Aiton's a good thread the needle piece between win now and still quite young and bridges too
2: yeah, I mean, I said last night, like, I, there, there, if Durant was ever on the marketplace, I think it would be, like, probably one of the biggest hauls that a team you could probably get for a player oh, that's four gonna, years. right? Wait, four wait, years.
1: wait till you hear some of my trades.
2: Yeah, four years on his contract, and in his, you know, I mean, he is, what, 34, but it's still, like, I mean, he's when he's healthy, he's an MVP, right? Like, that's just the reality of it. He's an MVP candidate here. By the so. way, you know who
1: loves this entire discussion? The Houston Rockets. Oh, man. When they traded Harden for all the picks and chose the picks over Ben Simmons, I was pro the picks decision. I thought they had made the right decision, concluding that Simmons is not quite good enough for me to pass up the prospect of the Nets going bust at some point. Now, everyone thought the bust would be in, like, 2026— they are loving life right now they just got Jabari Smith they got the Eason kid in the middle of the lottery tied to
2: Washington they had a great night they are Terrific cooking night. with
1: gas but anyway continue on Phoenix that's a good one and I certainly think if if this ever comes to pass they will be in play
2: yeah I mean you I mean you just go down the rock I mean like New Orleans is intriguing right like they're on the my Pel- list Bobby they are they are intriguing I mean they've got I mean goodness they've got. Anywhere from Ingram to... Uh-uh,
1: higher, aim higher.
2: Anywhere from Zion yeah, to... there you <laughs> go. <laughs> I was trying to be kind. Um, but that, you know, that would be... That's because you are looking at A-level packages, right? So, like you so are...
1: the reason they're on my list and the reason I said Zion is because if I'm Brooklyn and this is my situation, and this is all ifs, let's be clear. This is all ifs. There's like five dominoes that have to fall before we get to this point. What I'm doing as Brooklyn is I, I'm not interested in staying competitive. Now, maybe Tsai is interested in staying competitive. I'm not. Oh, but I shouldn't say that. I, I'm interested in fielding a fun product and whatever. You're interested in being 2019 again,
2: right? I mean, 2018. The, the, the D'Angelo, Russell, Jared Allen, Alex LeVert
1: fun team. Sean Marks goes to bed every night, puts his head on the pillow, and he dreams of, man, we got Joe Harris for nothing. God, that was fun. Kenny Atkinson was waking up at 4 in the morning, getting on the treadmill, brainstorming ways to optimize Spencer Dinwiddie. Got him for nothing off the scrap heap. God, that was fun. Oh, God. Well, let me call Mayor Adams. I got to call Mayor Adams again. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm a lobbyist now, in addition to being a GM. Wonder what... Wonder what Karras is up to. Um, anyway, I don't know. Oh, oh, so here's what I'm doing. I'm going... I'm going to say... I'm going through the list of the best 22 and under players in the NBA and that's where I'm starting. And not only that, so I so like Ayton is actually a tier below the players that I want to I want to ask for. And, and I need to find teams who have that kind of player who could trade me that kind of player. And some other stuff because this is Kevin Durant. And still have enough around Durant to try to win the title, and that's why New Orleans is on my list. And if you say no to Zion, if you say no to Zion, that's cool. Like it sounds preposterous, right? Like, and, and probably they would say no to Zion. Probably the Pelicans would say no. But just just think for a second. I'd have C.J. McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Kevin Durant, Jonas Valanciunas, whatever of my young guys. I maybe I keep Herb. Maybe I keep Trick or Trey Murphy. Like. We we can't win, we can't chase the title with that group. Like you have to at least think about it. And if you say no to Zion, am I gonna ask about Ingram? Maybe. Maybe I just go, maybe I go to my next call. Maybe say so you don't you don't give me Zion, you don't want Kevin Durant then. I'm going somewhere else.
2: No, I mean you hit it right in the head when you said that as far as the the, the process as far as looking at the top whatever twenty two and under or twenty-five and under, and you basically will start eliminating teams, right? So you look at like Miami, like there's nothing really on that Miami roster. You know, certainly Bam and Jimmy, and you know they're not. I don't think they're Miami. Gonna Miami
1: is in the wait out the process phase yeah. of of these theoretical Durant trade talks. Wait for all the people who have these under twenty two guys to say no, and then we try to jump in and try to do it in a way where we don't give up Bam.
2: Yeah, I mean um, Memphis. Not let's just re- let's remove Jaw out of the equation. I'm not going to put Jaw in there, but they've got the whole group of young players, right? Desmond Bain and that whole gr- guy, you know, group Brandon Clark guys on rookie contracts that maybe you can get to the, you know, throw Steven Adams in there just to or maybe Jaron Jackson to make it work.
1: They're on my list. And I saw all these fake Memphis trades last night. Cause the big wing is the piece they're missing between Morant and Jackson. Yep. And they took a shot at it. with Zaire Williams. They made a couple of trades in the draft last night. We'll talk with Gavoni about that shortly. Um, and I saw all these fake trades where it's like Dylan Brooks plus Steven Adams plus five picks and four swaps. That's an okay offer, but that's a I've waited out the process offer because the Nets are asking for Jaron Jackson Jr. and or Desmond Bain. They're not getting Morant because, again, Durant's got to go there to play with John Morant. Can I tell you where my first call I got, is? I got one more. Oh, yeah. if you steal if you steal uh, my favorite one, I'm gonna you know I'm, what, gonna, I'm you, gonna kick you, you, you off the podcast. Go, no, you go. No, no, you go. No, no, go, Bobby. I'm invited. You're the guest. Go. Um. Oh Canada. Yes. We <laughs> have the same. The first call I'm making is Scotty Barnes. And the Raptors, you I can hear the screaming Raptors fans revolting right now from Canada. I can hear it. They've thrown their Tim Hortons cup, hit a moose that's in their yard. They're yelling at me. Look, do you want Kevin Durant or not? Scottie Barnes is so good. And and by the way, they'd probably say no because Scottie Barnes could be a 10-time all-star and you don't trade those guys. But he's so good that I at least have to have a meeting of my brain trust and say, okay, what if we can get him for Scottie Barnes, Gary Trent Jr., and a bunch of draft equity? Three picks, two swaps, two picks, three swaps, whatever Scottie Barnes, because Scottie Barnes is so good and so valuable that I can get Kevin Wayne Durant to play for the Raptors and still have Fred Van Vliet, O.G.I. Nanobi Pascal Siakam, Precious Achua. Did I forget somebody? Maybe I did. I don't know. Um, I don't think you did. Siakam? I, did you say Pascal? I yeah, Siakam, said Siakam, Pas- I think. Yeah. And, like, you're telling me that you don't at least think about it? That team could win the championship next year. I'm saying, Now, they probably say no, but my very first call as Sean Marks once I've recovered from my three-day bender and and dragged myself back into the office is to the Toronto Raptors, who will probably, let me be clear, Raptors fans, say no because teams rarely trade guys of this caliber. Rookie of the year, future star, etc. But I'm telling you right now, you want Kevin Durant. That's it. You don't get Kevin Durant. You're out. You're out of the Durant derby if you don't get me Scotty Barnes. I'm going somewhere else. I don't want anyone else on your team. That's it.
2: And this is not Kawhi. You get him for four years. You don't just get him for the year.
1: It's my first call. You know what a second call is? Who's that? And they hang up fast, I think. Evan Golden Moble- State? Evan Mobley.
2: <laughs> I, was, I thought you were going to say Golden State. No,
1: Golden State. <laughs> look, look, Golden. Evan Mobley, the Cavs will probably say no. And again, I can hear the Cavs Evan Mobley, crown jewel. He's the next KG. Cool. I get it. You know who's the present Kevin Durant? Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, Darius Garland, Jared Allen, you got a shot to do something. They'd say no. I'd probably say no, too, because I'm risk-averse. Evan Mobley, no one is higher on Evan Mobley than I am. I love that kid. Um, probably say no. Warriors, <laughs> look, man, I'm sorry. It's its just tailor-made. You don't have to do any work. It's, it's Wiggins, Kaminga, Moody, all the picks. And if Wiggins really is Harrison Barnes 2.0 upgrade— his destiny should be to be sacrificed at the altar of Kevin Durant, (laughs) just like Harrison Barnes was like, I'm like, I pitched this to some people at the Warriors and I got like, you know, and, and I'm not sure they realized I was serious. I'm like, I'm serious. You should trade for Kevin Durant. Why wouldn't you?
2: I I probably would want Jordan Poole also, (laughs) but no, but like you, I mean, if we're going through the list of young players and contracts, that make sense. And um, why not golden state? you have another one for me? No, that's it. That's all I got for you.
1: I saw some Chicago ones. Chicago doesn't have enough. Uh, yeah, because no. Atlanta, I'm not interested. Boston. I'm not interested. Games. Oh, J- Jalen, Brown. Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's she, an interesting one. Yeah. Got to think about, again, Boston fans will revolt. KD and Tatum, Rob Williams, Al Horford, Marcus Smart. Good luck with that team. Yeah. Probably keep Jalen Brown. Um Chicago. I saw Laker. I saw Laker fans say,
2: "Well, what about Anthony Davis? No, no. Anthony Davis is a really good player, but no, that doesn't Chicago, do anything Chicago, even me.
1: with Pat, I, Pat Williams in the deal, I just yeah. don't think has enough. I'm not interested in Levine, or I could. I guess I could turn Levine around and trade him for something. I'm just. I, I don't. I don't see that one. Uh, the most. The, the feel good one, Bobby. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. The feel good one is Chet Holmgren and a bunch of picks. Keep Shea on your team. Go to war with Shea and Durant. It's just not—they don't have enough in the cupboard, and they wouldn't do it. But, boy, wouldn't that be a hell of a story? Um, and they get, they get Russ on him when he gets, if he gets bought out. <laughs> now, look, chances are Toronto says can't do it. Cleveland says can't do it. OKC says can't do it. Memphis says can't do Jackson— And you're sort of back to the drawing board. And then you get those other offers that are more larded up with picks, etc. But that's where you start. You start... I mean, my first phone call is Toronto. That's my very first one. And again, I'm risk-averse. I probably wouldn't do Scotty Barnes because I just think he's that good. But that team with Durant would be freaking awesome next year. Um, Look, for the sake of everyone's sanity... You kind of hope that cooler heads prevail. There's always been a reasonable compromise here. But man, oh man, what a turn of events this would be for the Nets. Any other KD thoughts before I bring in Gavoni to talk draft?
2: No, I mean, it's just – I always said, you know, back in 2019, it's like you, got, you just be careful when you go from built within to when you bring in superstars, franchise players from the outside that you haven't, I guess, you know – worked you know been part of their development here and it's just it's this the reward is you get a championship but the risk is everything else that kind of comes with it
1: oh the other team i've mentioned i've seen i've seen mentioned is philadelphia with maxi and harris i just don't think philadelphia all their picks are encumbered i don't think they've got enough love the d'anthony melton trade for them which we'll talk about all right let's bring in uh jonathan givoni to help us talk through the draft for the ones who get it done Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call or click Granger.com, or just stop by. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part, each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket. With Vivid Seats rewards, score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, ooh, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you twenty dollars off your first two hundred dollar ticket purchase with code LOW. That's code LOW L O W E, my last name, the name of this podcast. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. All right, Jonathan Gavoni off no sleep. The draft is over. Your mock draft for 2035 is already up, ranking toddlers around the country and their potential (laughs) basketball skills. Um, Let's start at the very top. What do we know about Paolo Banquero and Orlando's process shocking the world uh, by picking Paolo Banquero number one in the draft?
0: still more to be learned, still kind of, you know, picking up the pieces there and trying to figure out what happened. Um, Definitely a unique situation that I have never seen in my 19 years covering the draft in terms of the number one pick, not working out for a team, not visiting a team, you know, the only meeting really coming uh, in, in an interview at the NBA Combine more than a month before the draft. So, you know, it's not something that, any of the three guys that were picked at the top expected in terms of what they were told or anticipated, you know, even in the minutes leading up to the pick, you know, Jabari Smith still thought he was going number one, Paolo Bancaro really had no clue. So in that regard, I guess you, you, you tip your cap to Orlando for keeping things close to the vest and not, you know, and, and, and not letting anybody know what their intentions are, you know? So um it's i think it's something that you know we still need to learn more about i mean i'm sure there's some things that we we don't we don't know here you know and um but i mean zach we i was on nba today with you a couple hours before the draft and i was asked you know like how many all-stars can we typically expect to find in the top five and the answer to that is historically 37 percent. So two out of five guys picked in the top five usually become all-stars. And they asked me, who are the two guys in the top five this year that you see becoming all-stars? And I said, Chet Holmgren and Paolo Bancaro. What was your answer to that?
1: I think I I said, why not all three? Let's take the over, right?
0: well, you said, you said, uh, oh, so I why is Jabari said, Smith going said, number one? Then? I said, if that's
1: the case, shouldn't Orlando take somebody else <laughs> number one? I did say that.
0: Exactly. So, you know, I guess they were thinking the same thing. You know, I mean, I guess as the process moved on, the more they studied Paolo, the more they said, I mean, this is a guy that we can't pass on, you know, and and, and that like, I, I'm not criticizing that part because Paolo is an unbelievable offensive talent, you know, like 6'10", 250 pounds, ability to dribble, pass, shoot, you know, uh, go get his own, uh, you know, pushing off the defensive glass, passing off a live dribble, playing four or five pick and roll, reading the defense, seeing over the top, you know, punishing guys in the mid post, in the low post. That spin move is so dynamic. Uh, I mean, and then the the shot making ability too, pulling up for three off the dribble in transition, uh, you know, operating off step backs. This guy has an unbelievable amount of talent. So in that regard, go Orlando. You know, like if that, you know, you're, this guy is going to help them right away. Now, there's some things to figure out in terms of the fit with Cole Anthony, with Markel Fultz, with, with, with Jalen Suggs. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I, I totally get why they took him number one. I got no issue with in that regard.
1: I love it for all the reasons that you just mentioned. Offense, offense, offense. This team has drafted, for predating the Weltman-Hammond regime, has drafted length and defense and disregarded shooting and raw offensive talent. And I love the fact that they said, you know what? Let's take a guy who could be a fulcrum of our offense. Let's think offense first. We've got all this other stuff. We can't score. We can never score. Our offense always stinks. Let's go all in on offense figure out the rest later. I loved it. I love it for them for that, for that reason. Um, Holmgren two, as expected. Uh, Smith three, I think Houston is completely fine. I mean, the reaction I got from the Rockets last night was, I don't know what maybe we expected. Ben Carroll will happily take, we're not going to overpay for the number one pick just to get him. We'll take, we'll take Smith and they, they seem thrilled. Correct?
0: Of course. I mean, why, why wouldn't they? I mean, Jabari Smith is a great fit for their roster and, uh, it's a home run in three. I mean, all three of these guys are really, really good. So, uh, win, win, I, win.
1: That's what it says in my notes. Win, win, win. Absolutely. Uh, and then the Kings. And <laughs> as a result, the Pistons. The Kings take Keegan Murray, which is, from what I understand, a fit pick. A fit around Fox and Sabonis. Uh, sort of sidestepping the potential fit overlap between Ivy and Fox. And the Pistons pounce on Jaden Ivey, and do not trade him to the Knicks or any other suitor. From what I understand, the Pistons did not expect this and did not know who Sacramento was going to take until the pick was announced. And then there was glee at the prospect of pairing Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey. Then, of course, they trade into the lottery again for Durin, the center. But Gavoni, tell me about um, the fit between Cade And Ivy, because on paper, I love it. I love multiple ball handlers. Cade Cunningham is big enough to guard twos if need be. They both both have good size. Um, Tell me about the fit and how you see them meshing.
0: I think it's a great fit because Jaden Ivy really complements a lot of the, the weaknesses that Cade Cunningham has in his game. Cade Cunningham is not the most explosive athlete around, he's not a guy that you want playing pick and roll, you know, every time down the floor, you want to surround him with other guys who can, you know, he can play off of because he's so smart. uh, You know, he's such a good shooter. He's so good attacking closeouts and, you know, getting downhill, finding guys on the move, just filling in all those blanks. He can play one through four. So to take Jaden Ivy, who is the most explosive athlete in this draft Unbelievable getting downhill, um, you know, attacking closeouts, off dribble handoffs, you know, has maybe the best first step in the NBA right now on par with a ja Morant or Ooh. a young Russell Westbrook. Ooh.
1: And Don't get me ability, too excited for pistons. Just the ability to
0: finish up around the rim right So, I mean, I think it's a phenomenal fit. If you talk to Jaden ivy You know, NBA team said, we interviewed Jaden Ivey. He said, I'm not a point guard, guys. You know, so I mean, he has some self awareness there in terms of it. He's not expecting to have the ball in his hands all the time. He never really played point guard in his career. So we're just anticipating because he's such, he's so dynamic with the ball in his hands. He's such an explosive athlete that he's going to figure that out. But he's got a ways to go in terms of his ability to drive left, his ability to operate off multiple dribbles and see both sides of the floor and all that. I think he's going to get there. I'm bullish on Jaden Ivy, but having a guy like Kate Cunningham next to him is going to help him so much early on in his career. And I think Kate is also going to push him on the defensive end because that's where he really needs to grow. It's just being engaged, um, you know, the activity level uh, off the ball, you know, not falling asleep in his stance, all those things. And that's, you know, that's what's going to separate, you know, is he a good NBA player or is he an all-star? And I I, I think he, in this situation with Kate Cunningham, Everything is in place for him to become an all-star.
1: I, I'm so excited for the Pistons basketball games next year. I'm just so excited. Like the guy, I, I'm When not was the co- last
0: time somebody said that?
2: I was actually excited a lot the second half of the season this year about watching Detroit basketball. You know, I thought there was a found they starting to we started to see a little bit of things there.
0: I love Kid. And then they get Jalen Duran on top of it, you know, like uh NBA Scout called me yesterday at 3 a.m. He had to get this off the chest. He said, You got a Maserati. And you got a G wagon, you know that. So that's that was. <laughs> can you tell me what that is? A G wagon, Mercedes Benz uh, Jeep is what is what it who's is. The, so the who's car the Jeep you can get right now. Who's the Jeep in this scenario? Jalen Duran. Is
1: that is the Jeep? Am I going to off road with the Jeep? I don't. Is the Jeep? Well, it's, just big, bigger, big, it's, it's just bigger? It's
0: a, strong. It's but a it's muscle, also fancy. It's super fancy. Yeah. Now that's that's got to be a, something that you look at, Zach here. Okay, With your I, next deal.
1: I'm recovering from, from the car analogy. Um, <laughs> Bobby, the Durin pick um, has complicated, I think, DeAndre Ayton's free agency a little bit. Now, I'm not saying that the Pistons are off of DeAndre Ayton because they have north of $30 million in cap space. They can do whatever the hell they want for it. They're going to meet in the coming days and decide, do we still want to go that route? Because they were definitely in on Ayton pre being able to pounce on Durin. they they have my my guy beef stew don't mess with beef stew they still have Isaiah Stewart in Detroit and so they have two centers that they like I think Stewart is a, is a nice backup center I don't think he's necessarily a starter but that's fine he's good I do think there's a chance they pivot away from DeAndre Ayton and decide let's just use our cap space to get more first round picks from teams who are shedding money like we just did with Kemba Walker in a great trade um and be a dumping ground and roll with our young guys. In which case, where do we start looking for DeAndre Ayton to go? Because from everything I've heard, look, it's always possible. Money, money makes uh, allies of 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 enemies. But um, I don't think the Phoenix situation is great right now. I don't think there's a, a lot of mutual expectation for a, a reunion. Where else can we start looking for Ayton to go?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think after the um, after the Jeremy Grant trade on um, on Wednesday night. You would have said that Aiton would have been a perfect fit. You know, they got fifty million dollars in cap space. They can just go down and put an offer sheet on the table for four for whatever the number is, one thirty, let's say. Um, And let's see if Phoenix matches here. Now you pick a a center in the lottery and who's making five million dollars, and you've got Isaiah Stewart. Also, like, do you want to allocate thirty million dollars to another center? Right, like it's like is that you know is that a smart way to do do business here and i think if you're now if you're in and you're phoenix if i'm phoenix i'm saying like go out and get an offer right like the, the you know we'll, we'll see what we can do or go bring me a team that we can maybe do a sign and trade with because it,
1: to, it, to be clear just clarify for our listeners yeah. go out and get an offer the minute he signs an that's offer it. sheet, you the, the, cannot he, sign and trade him, right?
2: That's that's correct. So that is the danger of it, right? So once so if you go that route and say, you know what, go get an offer, bring it back to us, then it's there's two things that will happen there, right? Either DeAndre Ayton is going to be in a son's uniform. He's you have to the, match. You, cannot, you have if to you match.
1: cannot lose DeAndre for no. nothing. I don't care how bad the nope. feelings are. You have to match it. No, the
2: sheet. you have to because eventually, what you could do is you could just trade them, right? You just trade them in uh, at the deadline here when his restriction is is lifted here. So, um, so the, I mean, and, and then the other thing is, you know, certainly, hey, what are, go bring us a, a team that would, you know, be interested in a sign-in trade, and if it's not Detroit, then all of a sudden, what is your, you know, what's the, what does the list look like now?
1: Well, look, I've speculated about I've made up my fake Aiton trades before Spurs with Pirtle, although they have cap space too. Atlanta with Capella is an obvious one. A, a month or so ago, I said, why wouldn't you just trade? You know, wouldn't it be funny if it make kind of a surprising amount of sense to just flip Aiton and go bear in some kind of trade like that with Utah? I think all those things are interesting. And I know, Bobby, you mentioned Aiton in a potential, you know, very theoretical down the line Nets sun steal involving Durant. He'll he'll find a home somewhere. He'll find money somewhere. I I said earlier this week with you, Jonathan, that I would I would bet on DeAndre Aiton if I were a team with cap space. Now Detroit has already made a different bet, so maybe they won't be the ones to bet on DeAndre Aiton. Um, I I will say Phoenix has got to be careful here. I mean, if they sign and trade Aiton for like a league average starting center. Let's say Pirtle, who's a nice player, great defensive player, can't shoot free throws, doesn't give you much self-creation on offense. If that's the return, Chris Paul's 37 years old. Jay Crowder, I, I saw reports out of Phoenix that they're sniffing around Jay Crowder trades. There are scenarios where you fall far down the standings fast if you're the Suns and your window is slammed shut if it's not already slammed shut. They got to be careful. Uh Jonathan, what what do you what's your what's your take on all those and stuff?
0: Somebody's going to have to recruit Deandre Ayton. It's not just, you know, a matter of like he's going to get the max in my opinion. He's going to have multiple suitors whether it's in a sign and trade or on the free agency front. Um but Deandre Ayton when he committed to the University of Arizona, one of the big factors in his recruiting besides the large bag that he received was he didn't want to play center you know he went to Arizona because they told him you're going to be the starting power forward of our team we have Dushan Ristich here who is an all pac 12 player now that was a while back I don't know if things have changed in his mind or not but I think Jalen Duran and Isaiah Stewart could potentially make Detroit even more attractive to DeAndre Ayton he can say well I don't have to you know, be this low post guy that, you know, that, uh, you know, guards the opposing centers all the time. And, and maybe they sell him on like the, you know, the Twin Tower thing, which is, you know, becoming more and more in vogue in, in the NBA. So that's just something to think about.
1: Interesting. I, I agree with you. Someone's going to max him out. And I think Phoenix has got to be careful. I don't know that they win that Pelican series with Devin Booker injured without DeAndre Ayton making a lot of tough shots. And I, we, we talked about this already earlier this week. I don't think it's a bad thing that he wants to do a little more on offense. I, I would like to see him do it. Um let's let's talk a little bit. Oh, by the way, this is all the the, the Jaden Ivy thing. Remember Killian Hayes? I, I don't still there. I I that pick is almost an acknowledgement that, that that Killian Hayes, I don't know what his place on the team is. I wish they had taken Devin Vassell ahead of Killian Hayes. I'd be so excited about the Pistons right now if they had made that pick. But that's either here nor there. Let's recap what the Knicks did, Bobby. Please pay attention because my head hurts. They traded number 11 instead of taking somebody for three future firsts, all heavily protected, that are from the Thunder but don't belong to the Thunder. Um, traded one of those picks. It ended up in Charlotte um, and for, for the salary dump of Kemba Walker to the Pistons. Charlotte gets that pick, which I believe is the Nuggets pick, and four second-rounders. The Knicks from Detroit get the Bucks 2025 first-round picks that Detroit got for um, Jeremy Grant. And so the Knicks essentially come out, I think, plus two first-round picks after last night's draft, but uh, did sacrifice some of the future to dump Kemba Walker. Everyone likes to crap on the Knicks and, oh, and laugh at the Knicks. And they're correcting their mistakes. They botched free agency. They have to pay for it. I actually look at this series of trades, and aside from what happens with Brunson, which we'll talk about, I, I, I'm like, I don't, I don't really see any problems here. Like, I, the Knicks got more draft picks. Maybe it, it's definitely possible that the number 11 pick they traded is the best of all these draft picks, and that ends up hurting you in the end. But they got a lot of picks. We've seen them work the draft like this before. Remember, they traded, I think, 30, they got 34 and 36 last year for 32. Like, that was a nice little piece of business for them. I don't mind what they did here. I do worry when teams throw all their eggs in the one free agent cap space basket. We saw this with Kyle Lowry last year and the Pelicans who ended up not getting it, but am I missing something or are the Knicks like fine? And there's just this reflexive, the Knicks are dumb. Let's laugh at the Knicks thing. I don't really see any problems here.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think at the end they didn't like anybody at 11, right. Who they thought, you know, could maybe come in and have an impact. They have a um, their goals are certainly free agency and, and I mean, they have been, they had been working the phones, you know, trying to move a lot of salary. And I think we're going to see more, um, you know, within the next, you know, next week here being moved Boston's off.
1: Austin's trade exception is still sitting there unused.
2: Yeah, I mean, you got 20 million in room. I think that could potentially get to 40 million. So um, I think the only thing I probably have is, and you know that the, the you know certainly the two picks that they have right now, two two out of the three picks you probably won't see, right? The den the Detroit one and the Washington. Um, let me say that again, Washington. Malika Andrews had made fun of me the last couple of days because of my my um, my pronunciation for the uh, the Wizards you, you name. Added,
1: you had an R in there that isn't. I in do.
2: There. I know I did. So I, Washington, um, the, it's been, you know, it's heavily protected and you won't see that. And you'll, the, probably the pick you get is that Milwaukee pick. in um, in 2025, that the likelihood is that you probably, you use that in a, in a trade down the road. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think if you're, if, if you're making it, yeah, you didn't really get much value here, but I, for me, it's kind of like TBD. Let's see what they do in free agency before we can really like, you know, um, you know, bash them here. But, you know, Jonathan could, you know, talk about like, you know, the, what the value at, you know, at 11 was as far as, you know, what was staring at him.
1: How do we, yeah, how do we think OKC did taking Jang and uh, and Williams at 11, 12 in addition to Holmgren making for team wingspan uh, in Oklahoma City? I, I think it's exciting
0: to get three of the first
1: 12 picks. People seem excited. What do you think?
0: I understand why the Knicks decided to punt on this pick. I mean, they're, you know, people here in New York are going to kill them for not taking AJ Griffin, you know, the local kid and, you know, a very high profile, you know, recruit and all that from Duke. There, there was definitely a bit of a drop off in the draft after, let's say, the eighth pick or so. You know, I mean, I, if I, I would, I, I would have liked to see maybe the Knicks um, take a flyer on Jalen Durant just because I, I think he's going to be a starting center in the NBA. But um, there, there was definitely like a you know some skepticism from teams, you know, about like this range of the draft, and you know, like Bobby said, I, I want to see what the end result is here before we kill them. I mean, right now I'm not perfectly understanding the strategy, but if they have a free agent commitment, you know, in hand, then yeah, then, then, then this makes sense. Right. In regards to OKC, uh, I like their draft. You know, I mean, they, they they're a great developmental team. Um, They have, they have minutes available. They have a perfect infrastructure for young players like Usman Jang. can bring them along slowly. Um, you know, give him the touches to develop, you know, give him some G League time. He's a good fit with their roster. Obviously, you know, that's the style of player that Sam Presti likes. So, um, you know, Jalen Williams, too, you know, you can see a lot of the same things, probably a little bit more ready to play than Usman, maybe not quite as much long term upside. But, you know, you, you're seeing these teams like OKC, um like Memphis they're stocking up on these wing players who can dribble pass and shoot I mean that's what everybody's looking for in today's NBA these multi-positional versatile guys you just can't have enough of them and so that's what Oklahoma City is doing I mean and they drafted Chet who I think was the best player in the draft um so yeah I'm I'm a fan of of Oklahoma City's draft and and I get it the Knicks like they just don't have patience for a and Usman Jang. And honestly, I don't really think that Usman Jang, uh, you know, would develop into the player. We, we know he can become in a place like the Knicks, because the Knicks, is just too much pressure here. You know, they don't have, they don't have time. They're not, they don't have minutes and they need to win. Now the clock is ticking. And so, yeah, so they, they better deliver with a, a big free agent acquisition. And so we'll see how it turns out for them.
1: Let's go rapid fire through the guys who didn't get traded. Um, last night. Uh, Rudy Gobert, still a member of the Jazz. John Collins, still a member of the Hawks. OG Ananobi, still a member of the Raptors. And by the way, I don't think Ananobi for seven was ever a thing. I think that um, Portland would have had to come in with a lot more than seven, significantly more than seven, like more than Josh Hart, more than seven, to pique the Raptors' interest in that kind of trade. Uh, and, and let's see. DeJounte Murray, still a Spur. We can talk about him later. Malcolm Brogdon, still a a Pacer. I almost said still a Wizard. He was never a Wizard. He's a Pacer. Um, Let's start with Gobert because I thought one of the more interesting um, parts of draft week was Minnesota reportedly being linked to both Gobert and Capella. Now, I had heard that those links were exaggerated, particularly in the case of Capella. But that the interest in Gobert was semi-real. Utah is asking way too much. I don't think Utah got even within like the 50-yard line of any kind of Gobert trade this week. We'll see what this coming week brings. But I think the idea of that Cat is okay playing the four and that Minnesota is willing to invest its resources at the five instead of at the one where they have D'Angelo Russell – you know, I was all in and still am all in on Minnesota getting DeJounte Murray. I think that's the piece I would go for. I do think they talked with the Spurs about DeJounte Murray. The price there is prohibitive too. Um, I think that's really interesting. On the one hand, you can say, well, Kat started next to Jared Vanderbilt this year. Jared Vanderbilt offensively is a center. He's around the rim all the time. Kat can space the floor, blah, blah, blah. It's just not something. I didn't expect Gobert kind of rumors there, or Capella kind of rumors. There. I thought that's interesting and indicates – that Minnesota's long-term vision could go in any number of directions. Bobby, what did you think?
2: Yeah. I mean, I I think with Gobert, I think you're going to probably, if, if, you know, you're going to hold out, I mean, just because he's got four more years left on his contract, you're going to hold out for the right package. And I think certainly um, I'd like to have a coach in place, right? I mean, I think that's part of it um, before I kind of make a, yeah, a blockbuster deal to have, to bring in, you know, d- different, you know, pieces yeah. here. I think, I don't think that precluded anything from happening last night. I mean, I think if, if there was something that, you know, made sense, they would have done that even if the if coach wasn't there, but he's going to be the name to keep an eye out here, right. Over the next you know, two weeks in, into free agency. I think now the, what happens to Zach is now the, the, you know, the, with the draft picks, it expands more right now. You add another, let you add another year, the seven year rule. Now we add 2000, I guess, 2029 to the, to the mix here. So teams have more draft
1: capital to be able to put out in the trade. I think Minnesota's summer is going to be really interesting because like I said, they have this, this one vision where they get a big time center. Then they have this point guard question where D'Angelo Russell is entering the last year of his contract after getting benched in their last game of the season. And I think there's an extension number somewhere with D'Angelo Russell. Now, I think D'Angelo Russell's agents at CAA would be offended by what I would offer in an extension if I were Minnesota. But I do think there's a middle ground somewhere where both sides could sleep at night. I don't know if they'll strike that deal. But like I said, I would. I love the fit of DeJounte Murray there. I think Minnesota, Atlanta, Cleveland to some extent, and Washington for sure, were are all trying to see what the price for DeJounte Murray would be and obviously came up empty and we'll see what happens with that going forward. But I think that's really, I think that's really interesting. Um,
0: Zach, just in general for the night, all these names that you mentioned, all these trade rumors that we heard for weeks on end, you know, I'm not as active like as you guys are 12 months out of the year in terms of talking to GMs and decision makers and all that. I'm really like mostly draft and scouting and all that. What people have told me the last few days is, you have no idea how many permutations of trades we throw around with every single team in the NBA. At any moment we have 50 or 60 things going and they're like to see one or two of them leak, you know, it you always have to read between the lines there and understand who's operating from a point of weakness in that. And so we talked about it on the last uh, podcast too. We're all we always come into the draft saying, "Oh my God, there's going to be so many trades, fireworks everywhere!" Can't wait, and it almost always ends up being a disappointment because it's just really hard to put these big trades together. People fall in love with their picks, and there's uh, contracts that are so complicated. And so, I'm not, you know, I just wasn't that surprised to see it was kind of a dud of a night from and the a value, trade standpoint. The
1: value propositions are tough. We talked about this with Sacramento at four. And these rumors that they would flip it for John Collins. And we we said, well, like, why would the Kings do that? That's undervaluing the fourth pick as good as John Collins is. He's not a great, not an ideal fit necessarily with Sabonis. Then you start to throw, so how can you balance that out? And you start to just, the, the trade collapses under the weight of its own complexity. Then you look at the other trade down candidates. Does Indiana have any veteran player that is of super interest to the Kings to flip four to six? What about Washington at... 10, or do I want Hachimura? I don't know. And it's sort of like you just end up with Sacramento as we as we thought would happen, as we talked about on Monday, just making the pick and taking um, Keegan Murray and, and just sort of going from there. I do think all of these names, we haven't heard the last of them, like trade season is still going on and will begin again um, once free agency starts. Uh, any of these other names of, of interest? I mean, Collins. Uh, the Hawks. The Hawks were supposedly the most active trade. The, the trade team. John Collins was super likely to get traded. I still think I would still bet on John Collins being traded in the next ten days, but it just it just didn't happen at the draft.
0: Some of these things are going to happen. I think Brogdon too. But um, yeah, it's just um, it's hard to do it with a draft pick attached. I guess. Well, the other two
2: thing too is that it's hard. You know, unless you do it before the draft, these the, the, the player related trades, not you know, trading um, you know, three for five or you know, in the draft, like player related trades, like once the clock starts the night of the draft, um, that's hard to do, man. Cause then especially it's especially like, when
1: your phone's unplugged, Bobby.
2: <laughs> hey, that was twenty five years ago.
1: A landline it was a landline? A landline we was didn't, unplugged. We,
2: didn't have, we had those big bat phones back then.
1: Did anyone what? I didn't hear the whole story on TV. So the phone was unplugged. Did anyone just pick? Did you realize by picking it up at some point there was no dial tone? How did you discover that it was unplugged in the we draft? Were drinking, phone? we were
2: right. drinking beer and eating pizza, man. We didn't have a first or second round pick.
1: Oh my god, that sounds like my kind. Of well, you story.
2: want, but do you know what happened? I mean, quick story though. Once the fo- once we plugged the phone back in, the Raptors called offering Marcus Camby.
1: This is they like, said you can't, you can't be drinking during the draft, man. You get me. You get me three years into draft night. We might be trading a whole bunch of stuff we shouldn't be trading. You can't do that.
2: <laughs> one of the all-time great stories.
1: Um, by the way, we forgot uh, in talking fake Durant trades and all the blue chip young players they should go for. You know, one of the one of the what ifs of the past NBA season. What if Michael Porter Jr. had been healthy and had a good season? Because that, like, that's. That's the kind of guy we're talking about, and like obviously he's like kind of like a. I mean, no one is a young KD, but just like the six ten guy who can shoot the lights out is the starting point for that. Uh, yeah, it's still going to be a wild weekend free agency. There, it, it, let's see. I'm looking at my notes. But Melton, love the Melton trade for Philadelphia. I think people are sort of a little too low on the Sixers because of how embarrassingly their season ended. I think they're pretty damn good as they are right now. Love the Melton trade for them. Thought that was fair value. Uh, Memphis moving. Uh, Givoni, what should we know about uh, Laravia and uh, and uh, who else they get? Roddy, uh, what, what did you think of Memphis? Memphis started the night with twenty two, twenty nine, and Melton, and ended up with nineteen and twenty three. Tell me about what they did.
0: Yeah, these guys both went a little bit higher than uh, than most teams thought they would go, but when you have a guy like John Morant, who's such an engine, you need to surround him with, you know, these multi-positional versatile wings who can dribble past and shoot. And that's what all three of them bring. And these, you know, Memphis was very concerned that somebody was going to go up and take their guy. So that's what you do in the draft. If you f- love a guy, you do what it takes to go get him. You don't say, um, oh, I mean, know, I like him more at 23. I mean, when you look back five, 10 years from now, it doesn't matter, you know, like what the number is. You've got to go get the player that you like. So I, I, I in a nutshell, really like both players, you know, I mean, especially Roddy. Um, you know, this guy is six foot six, played mostly center in college, but can really, really pass and shoot and create. He's such a mismatch, kind of in that Grant Williams mode. And then LaRavia, too, um, you know. For a lot of teams, Larevius was not a fit because he's not really a creator. He's not much of a ball handler. He's not that aggressive offensively. With Ja, it's a totally different story. You just need to run with him like hell and be ready to shoot. And if you know, somebody closes out too hard, then you you know you, you put the ball down and you make the right pass. I mean, and he can do that. And also on the other end, he's going to bring you this high energy activity. He's so smart off the ball, and um, you know, both guys are you know they're they're older players but they're young for their classes. And that's, you know, that's kind of the archetype that you see Memphis targeting year after year, even in the second round with Vince Williams, same exact thing, seven foot wingspan, 21 year old senior, 40% shooter, you know, all these steals and blocks. So there's, you know, there's a mode there that you look at and Memphis, you know, that I respect it because you can see a strategy there, you know, with the Knicks, it's like, What's the strategy here, guys? I guess we'll find out in you know two weeks. With Memphis, there's no doubts about what they're trying to accomplish. And we'll see how it, you know, if it works, it doesn't work, and it's tough to win in the Western Conference. A lot of it's gonna come down to health. But um, you know what they're trying to do.
1: I I to me, Zach Kleiman, Tayshawn Prince, the Memphis front office has earned the benefit of the doubt. If they want to quote unquote reach on somebody, I don't even consider it a reach. I consider it we like this guy. We don't want to get too cute. We want to make sure we get him. No one's going to remember that he was four spots lower than we picked him in the mock drafts if they're good. And they did it last year with Zaire Williams, who came on at the end of the year and became a rotation player in the playoffs. And
0: Santi Aldama, who probably went 25 spots higher than most people thought he would go.
1: You know they, Yeah, and they went from 17 to 10 and to target him. And people thought, well, maybe they could have got Zaire Williams at 17. Well, maybe they couldn't have. They don't care. And I think they've earned earned the benefit of the doubt on uh, on that. And Melton, last, we'll just wrap with Philly and Melton. He's on a great contract. He shot the three really well last year. We'll see if that if that lasts. I just think you look at Philly is such a slow, plodding, like not that athletic kind of team, particularly. I mean, Maxi stands out because of how fast he is. Give me a little jolt. Give me another little jolt. And it, Melton might be the single best rebounding guard in the NBA. And Philly was sneakily, not sneakily if you're a Sixers fan, an awful rebounding team, both defensively and offensively. So I think he sneakily fills a lot of needs for them. I like that trade. I I, I, I really like that trade for Philly. I thought it was fair value for Memphis. Good trade all around. All right, guys. It's the weekend. The rumors are flying fast and furious. Free agency begins on June 30th, I think. At What six p.m. Eastern, Bobby? Is that the Is that where we're?
2: That is correct. Uh, June 30th, big 29th will be those uh, all those player option dates. So, the play, so we'll yeah,
1: see. 29th is Kyrie, and who? Uh, what other big player um, options the, are Bradley still
2: in the? Bradley Beal, world? Bradley Beal, Harden. I mean that crew.
1: Yeah, that's a crew. That's the big ones. That's a crew, uh, and we will get answers to all of these questions. Um, Jonathan Gavoni, whoo. Take a nap. Bobby, take a nap. Man, I'll see I'm, you guys. I'm
0: wired still, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I woke hard. up at it's 7. Went to sleep at 4. Woke up at 7 on the dot, you know, like tweeting out summer league. Do you, ever, stuff. Do, um, do you ever dream of draft prospects?
1: Do you ever like have a dream where it's like you and Paolo Bankiro robbing a bank or something like that? I, <laughs> I, I imagine that you have crazy draft like or like you and like Jake Laravia wake, or wake up in like Lithuania somewhere scouting a game together. Like, you must have crazy dreams.
0: I can't remember the last time I rem- woke up and remembered the dream I was having.
1: Oh man, I, I, twenty years later, I still have teacher anxiety dreams from my days as a high school teacher. Still, still, I still have dreams where I walk into the classroom. The superintendent has decided to spontaneously observe my class, and I have no lesson plan at all. And it, and then I wake up in like a in like night terrors, and I have random NBA dreams too. All right, guys, go take a nap. Go take a rest. Free agency begins. Jonathan Gavoni. Your, your mock draft is up, right? I'm not kidding. Your 2023 mock draft is up. Your evaluations of last night are up. Bobby Marks finished 30 off-season outlines for all 30 NBA teams. Just tremendous work from both of you. Thank you for your time and your work. It is invaluable. I will see you all when free agency begins.
2: Sounds good. Thanks.
1: See you in Vegas. Summer League.